You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Somebody say grace for the rejected. Say like you mean it, grace for the rejected. I take my theme scripture from Luke chapter 17 verse 11 to 19. And I'm going to do a textual teaching today. In other words, I'm going to pick the text one by one. And we are going to look into it, dissect it, scrutinize it, and understand what the text is saying. Amen. Till we get to our final destination. Amen. So I will be moving out of the text and coming back to the text. Are you getting the point? So don't get confused. Amen. Now it happened. As he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Everybody says Samaria. Samaria and Galilee. Everybody say Galilee. Now, these two Samaritans and Galileans don't meet because the Jews feel that the Samaritans who were once upon a time Jews intermarried and because they intermarried and the Torah had warned them not to marry strangers and to marry Gentiles they had lost faith with Judaism so they regarded them as a mixed crowd. In other words, a mixed multitude and therefore they are Gentiles. Amen. So Jesus was actually going to this place and he got to the border. The border between Galilee and Samaria. Praise God. So, as a matter of fact, it speaks to exactly what Jesus is about to do. Jesus is about to bring the Jews and the Samaritans to... Are you getting the point? So, Jesus is about to bring the Jews and the Gentiles together. In other words, all humanity is about to embrace the salvation of God. No one is going to be left out. So he actually went to the border. The border. Whatever divided them shall divide them no more. Christ is going to be one for all.
Then he entered a certain village. There he met ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. Ten men. Why ten? Because the number ten, for those who came to the teaching service on Wednesday, the number ten is what? Completeness. You have ten fingers and ten toes. Then your toes and your fingers are complete. Is that right? Okay. Between Adam, first creation, and Noah, second creation, was ten generations. Jesus told the parable of the ten minus, ten coins, ten virgins. Completeness. So anytime you see the number 10, it stands for completeness. So Jesus had come to give salvation and to make man complete. I'm taking you somewhere. Follow me. So these 10 men were lepers. Lepers. So I need to give you a brief background to leprosy in Bible history. I'm sure you may be acquainted with leprosy because you've seen a few. But they are always at the outskirts because it's a communicable disease, very infectious, very contagious. And as a matter of fact, it affects your nerves, breaks down all your nerves. A certain bacteria will eat you and eat everything, and the skin become patched. It takes your eyebrow off. Yeah. Very soon, you even lose feeling. So you don't have emotion. So a, a leper can put their hands in fire and not feel anything. Yeah. And not feel anything. It's a terrible disease. Very terrible. But there's grace for the rejected. I said there's grace for the rejected. So, the first mention of leprosy in Bible was Exodus 4-6 where God met with Moses at the burning bush. Hello. And you know what happened? God asked him to turn a rod. Put a rod down and the rod turned into snake. Bam. Because the Israelites were not going to believe him. So God was giving him certain signs that when he goes, he will do them so that they will believe him. So that was the first one. He said, cast the rod down. When you cast the rod down, bam, it will turn to snake. And he said, the next one is that put your hands into your bosom. And the moment the guy put his hand into his bosom and removed it, he was leprous. As white as snow. What? And they said, put it back. He put it back and then it was gone. That was the second sign. And the third sign, he said that, go and pour water. And you pour water to the ground, it becomes Three signs. First, the serpent 
the old serpent. The devil. <laughs> He's about to be overcome. Number two, leprous, which stands for sin and its nature, I'll show you, is about to be dealt with. And what is going to deal with it is blood. <laughs> so with these three signs, it's a typification of the blood that is about to come to deal with sin and Satan. That's just a diversion. Continuation. So now, if somebody is suspected of leprosy, they were kept isolated until their diagnosis was confirmed. So the point is, the moment they get to a field that, hey, you're about to get leprosy, they isolate you. Straight away. Move you. Number two, God also instructed, look at it, 21 times that the person with leprosy shall be declared unclean. 21 times. Seven is perfection. So seven times three, 21. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. So God witnessed by himself three times. That if you are leprous, you are declared unclean. <laughs> this declaration came with the instruction for the person to be publicly identified, isolated, his garments washed or burned if necessary, and sent to live alone outside the camp if he is not healed. All of this, if you check Leviticus 13 and 14, you find them. The person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes. Let his hair be unkempt. Cover the lower parts of his face and cry out, unclean, unclean. So that you yourself will have to announce by your appearance and then vocally that nobody should come close so that they will be attached to your disease or they will be infected by your disease. Stay away. As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. Leprosy made a person ritually unclean. Ritually. So it is not just about health, but even with God, you are cut off. To touch a leper defiled a Jew almost as much as touching a dead person. In a sense, leprosy was a sign of God's disfavor. So you see, when you have leprosy, it is considered that you have lost favor with God. You have sinned. Until you have sinned, that kind of sickness will never come on you. So it was simultaneous to God's punishment and God's disfavor.
Later in Jewish practice, it was prescribed that while lepers might attend the synagogue, they must first to enter. They must be the first to enter and the last to leave. They must stay in a special compartment to isolate them from the other worshippers. No less than a distance of four cubits. In other words, six feet. To the rabbis, the cure of a leper was as difficult as raising a person from the dead. Only two were healed in biblical history till Jesus' time. We heard about Miriam who rebelled against the leadership of Moses and God brought leprosy on her. And in seven days after she repented, God took it back. And then we also heard of Naaman. How many of you know Naaman? Yeah. The army general of Aram. When Elisha healed him of leprosy. So, when Bible said that Jesus met ten lepers, these are the kind of people we're talking about. Somebody said they're rejected. Before God and before men, they are rejected. And such was the state of humankind. Man has been left on their own and rejected because of their sin. But Jesus is about to take man from the place of their lowest ebb and bring them into royalty. And they lifted up their voice. We've come back to 1713 and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. There is no other prayer these guys can pray. Remember, the Bible said when we read in the first verse, he said they were standing afar off. They can't get close. They will be stoned to death. So they were standing afar. They don't have access. When messages like this come, that is when man can lift up their head and say, if it had not been for him. All of us were leprous. That was our state. Rejected and left alone. The bait. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. So first, show yourselves to the priest. Why should they show themselves to the priest? Because it is instructed that if even you have been healed, you must first be inspected. And there are sacrifices that have to be done to ascertain. Because don't forget, it is not just a healthy, it's also a ritual thing. 
So it's not like, oh, you just need healing, and so you are healed. So they inspect, a medical person inspects you. No, but the priest. Because for them, God has rejected you. So God has to take you back by certain sacrifices that has to be done. So they first make sure you are truly healed, and then when you are healed, they make the sacrifices as well to be sure that God has accepted you, then they can accept you back into the society. Okay. So look at the protocol. That certifies a cleansed leper. In this ceremony, two beds, cedarwood, scarlet, water, and hyssop were used. How many of you know hyssop? When you see the gar fetish priest, they have some leaves that they use to brush away curses. You see that leaves? Uh-huh. They put water in it. Sometimes they, uh, this thing, they carry it. Uh-huh. It, that's hyssop. That's hyssop. Most of these things they do, they carry them away. They carry them from the Jewish culture. Yeah. So that's the hyssop. So it is used to brush away curses. So it is part of a sacrifice. So, number one, a bed was sacrificed and the blood was applied to other elements and another bed that was alive, so two beds. The person healed from leprosy was sprinkled along with a living bed that was then let loose into a field. So, one of the beds is sacrificed and then they pour the blood on you. And then they let the other bed fly, which signifies blood of a bed has now redeemed you. <laughs> Next slide. The person was pronounced clean and was sent to his tent inside the camp to wait for a week. So we are not done with you. After the week was completed, he was commanded to make a sacrifice that consisted of a trespass offering and a sin offering as well as other offerings. Once completed, the priest will go to the person's house and command it to be cleaned. A week later, he will return. And if the house was not clean, he would command that the unclean parts be removed and replaced. If that did not work, then he would have the house demolished and the rubble removed to outside the camp. If it remained clean, watch this, a sacrifice for the house was performed much like the one done for the person. Are you here with me? Listen, when you get to understand these things, every time you say, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Why all of this tedious, I mean, this ceremony, part of the law, 
pointed out several, it, it points out a lot of several spiritual significance. And I want to bring some of them to you. Number one, all human declared unclean because of our lepros. We are dead in sin. Nothing of us is righteous. That's why he said, your righteousness is as a filthy rag. Now you get it. Not just rag. Not just rag. Filthy. <laughs> Filthy. Because the point is, like a leprous, what Jerry Boni? Boni, sin is your nature. So you have lost feeling. Emotions for righteousness. Nothing about you is right. Next. When a person was declared unclean, they were forbidden to go to the tabernacle or to the temple. They are banished from his presence. In other words, man has no access to God's presence. Next. The two bed sacrifice presented the picture of the death of one bed for sin. And the release of the other, other bed pictured as redemption, deliverance from the bondage of sin. The cedar, Jesus, actually died on a cedar tree. It represents the burnt offering. It, it repelled the water containing the blood of the sacrificial bed. It pictures the impenetrable strength of Christ to repel sin. It is the most powerful tree that water cannot make it rot. And that is just to signify how powerful when he says he has taken away your sins, nothing can penetrate it to corrupt it. Your sin has been forgiven and forever you have been forgiven. That's why he said your seed can never be corrupted. The scarlet thread represents the marking of divine protection by the blood of Christ as seen in the story of Rahab. You all know Rahab. The prostitute who became the deliverer and all she used to mark that her building was not destroyed was the red scarlet. And that's why when you see the picture of Jesus on the cross, you see the red scarlet at the top, at the tip. Is that right? Yes. It marks that, listen, you are protected on every side. When everybody's body is being destroyed and de rejected, yours is accepted. You are accepted in the beloved. When everybody is dying of epidemic, you are different. There's blood that is protecting you. Listen, do you know that in Egypt, when, when you come to Goshen, at the time that the king of, uh, of, of, of the Pharaoh lost his children, the children of the Israelites were cool. Even when their goats were dying, their goats were cool. Because the blood at the doorpost even protected their goats and their sheep and everything that belongs to them. And that's what the blood of the lamb does for you and I. No matter what goes on in town, you must know that you are protected. 
the hyssop used as a brush pictures the faith through which the blood was applied to the believer. Hallelujah. It is not your faith. It is his faith. <laughs> so he actually applies the hyssop on you and gives you faith to believe. And that's what David talked about in Psalm 51. And then also in Exodus, during the time when the ten plagues came upon Egypt. Praise God. Alright. So I've given you the significance of what happened in Luke chapter 17 with regards to the lepers. And what leprosy actually means. It means that you and I didn't have hope. As man, hope. Give me the next. Bible said, when they went to go to show themselves to the priest, as they went. Hello? They realized that they have been made clean. Wow. As he asked them, go and show yourself to the priest. When they left, momentarily they realized, ah, I'm sure they were going, as they were going, another person looked, ah, brother, that's it, hey, then he also looked at, hey, you two say more, that's it, go, I mean, I mean, look at straight away, because you can't even meet your family, you've left your family, you can see them. You're not allowed. You're banished. And straight away, all of a sudden, you can just go and see your family. The joy. The word there is katarizo. To make clean. To heal. Especially of leprosy. Because the thing is like you are dead. Living dead. Have you heard that film? You are alive, but you are dead. You are good for nothing. It's useless. If somebody is an unbeliever, that's what they look like. Christians don't know who they are. Make clean. Catarizo. So they were made clean. Wow. Jesus. Thank you. But the point is, they have been asked to go and see the priest. Are you getting the point? Because the priest would have to work the law. Give me the next. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. Glorified God. The word there is doxazo. glorified with a lot one of them and look at the status of the one of them and he fell down go 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 and he fell down his face at his feet giving him thanks he was what so I told you 
Nine of them were Jews. One of them, he was a Samaritan. Samaritans were already regarded as the rejected. So he actually belongs to the rejected of the rejected. So I'm sure that even in the midst of their problems, they were still not the same. <laughs> Have you seen that before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, both of you are suffering the same, but the guy sees themselves better. Listen to me very carefully. Listen to me. No matter how an unbeliever is good, don't compare him to the worst believer. Don't make that mistake. Don't ever make that mistake. Don't. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Most of you, you are able to compromise with an unbeliever rather than with a believer. The guy Next. So Jesus answered and said, Ah, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? I mean, the question must come to me. Jesus, why are you expecting? Why are you expecting them to come back? You have given them an instruction. Go and see the priest. So why are you expecting them to come back? You shouldn't then have an expectation to come back. Because you have given them an instruction, they must carry. You see, when you are reading scripture, think. Uh -huh. Most of us, we read scripture and we just take it. You must have the spirit of an inquirer. So you see, Jesus did not tell them in the first place that they have been healed. Don't forget. He just told them to go and see. So they had faith to go see the priest and realize they were healed. But their faith was to work the law but not to return to grace. Because when grace has saved them and grace had had mercy on them, they were so mindful of going to work the law. So even when they realized that they have been taken out and they have been redeemed, they were still so much on the law. And that is what is happening to us believers. They wanted to go through the rigorous. And it takes away gratitude from the work that Christ has already done. But this guy came back. He returned to grace. For by grace are you saved. And in grace you will continue. He said, I return to grace. I rest in grace. 
I want to live in grace. So he came back because wherever grace goes, gratitude goes. He came back with gratitude, with a loud voice and was shouting, I fall at your feet. I rest on you. I can't live my life alone. Who is the priest? The priest cannot certify me. The one who healed me is the one who certifies me. The one who made me clean is the one who really knows I'm clean. Nobody else can tell me I am not clean when he has made me clean. Look at the next. Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? The first shall be the last. And the last shall be first. Oh, listen to me very carefully. You, are, you feel part of the rejected. You will become the first to be accepted. And you must know that as he is, so are you in this world. I don't know what the world makes you feel. I don't know what everybody is telling you. But I hear him telling you that you may be the foreigner that they see in their mind. But before him, you are the best. You know that grace has kept you. And grace has brought you this far. You rely on his grace. He said, when you know that I am your shield, I'm your exceeding reward, and I am with you and you are with me, and we are connected, you are the first. God will make you the first. Listen to me. You are not the last. Oh, you are the first. When you are connected to his grace, you are okay. Okay. You are okay. This foreigner. This foreigner. This foreigner. I will better be the foreigner. Connected to grace. Than be the legal bona fide owner. And be left out of grace. And to work the law. <laughs> Most of us, as you sit down right here, you feel qualified by the legalities of human beings. That is what makes most of us feel qualified. We don't honor God when God says we are honored. But we honor men when men says we are honored. Next. A gentile. A stranger. He fell at the feet of grace. He recognized grace. And he said, I have tried all my life to work it. It doesn't happen. Now that I've seen grace, I cannot be disconnected. I stick with grace. My life is a life of grace. My heart is a heart of grace. Everything about me resembles his grace. That is who I am. In him I live, move, and have my being. Watch He came to his own and his own did not receive him. Jesus was prophesying 
by this act of this foreigner, he was telling what was happening. He came for the Jews, but the Jews did not receive him. They like working the law. They did not even recognize him as the Messiah. But the foreigners have done so. You and I today are working the grace of God, enjoying the grace of God, and therefore the glory of God has appeared to us. But he came to his own and they did not receive him. They did not receive him. Were they not the one who ate the bread? The 5,000? Were they not the ones? Were they not the one who saw all the miracles? But yet, they only want to take out of him. They don't want to fall in love with him. And there are most of us like that. We come to Jesus just because of what he will give. But not like this foreigner who has fallen in love with him. He fell in love with Jesus. He said, Jesus, I can't live without you. You are everything to me. I was banished. I was thinking. I was isolated. I can't see my family. I've lost everything. But look at you and what you have done with me. You did not reject me. I love you. I love you. Let's go to the next verse. As many as received him, to them he gave the right. The right the legality to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. You have the divine legal right to be called the child of God. Did you hear what I said? I said you have the what? To be called what? If anybody dares make you feel that you are not a child of God, look at them and shake your head and tell them, excuse me. As many as received him, as for the grace, it has been given. It depends on you to receive. Hello. So sometimes you can be a Christian and you decide to work the law and not receive grace. I'll come to it. Don't let me run ahead. Give me the next. We are coming back to Luke. And he said to them, arise. Huh. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. Ah, arise. Go your way. Your faith. Ah, so when the person came and they came to show gratitude, Jesus saw it as faith. How? Uh, how? It was only one person, a foreigner, who was able to recognize the high priest. <laughs> that the priest that he's going to show himself to, the one who has come to fulfill all the law, 
who has become the mediator of men and the high priest is standing right before me. I don't need to go anywhere. I am before the high priest, the mediator of all my sins and therefore I don't need to show myself to anybody. Jesus said, your faith in me has made you well. And do you know the well, the word that was used there is not the same word as cleansed. Katarizo. This one is sozo. Sozo. And look at the meaning of sozo. Let's all go. Go. Oh, are you here with me? The guy connected with the high priest. And he was not just cleansed. He was saved. Jesus is saying that when you leave the law and you hook to grace, salvation is yours. Hallelujah. Believing in Jesus connects you to be saved, delivered, protected, healed, preserved, and you will continually do well and made whole. And you will stand faultless before the throne because you have been made whole. You have been made whole. Remember the number 10. He came to make them complete. But only one was made complete because he was able to recognize the grace of God. How much are you trying to work your performance rather than resting on his grace? It doesn't matter how rejected you are. If you hook to grace, grace would breed more grace. More grace. More grace. Give me my next slide. Application. Just as a leper was declared unclean and banished from the camp of Israel, the law that is our schoolmaster about sin declares man unclean unworthy to live in the presence of the Lord and in another hell. The Old Testament priest was able to declare a person clean of leprosy after transferring the person's sin to a bed that was sacrificed. Likewise, Jesus, our high priest, is able to declare us clean by transferring our sin through our faith in his sacrifice upon the cross to him for the forgiveness of our sins and its effects permanently. You have been made whole. Not temporarily. Not for one week. And then you come back and you are unrighteous. You are permanently made whole. Permanently made whole. All the ten lepers encountered grace. But nine chose to work the law. 
go show yourself to the prince. One chose to enjoy grace, came back to grace with gratitude, and received more grace. Jesus was showing us the difference between right and wrong believing. Most of us believe wrongly. We are saved by grace. Then right after that, it becomes our performance. We work it. We make it happen. Do you know why Christianity is the way it is? It is because we think we are working it. When you think you work it, you can't give glory to God. But when you know it is him, you come like this young man and you want to give everything. Give me my next slide. Right believing is resting on Jesus and the finished work of Christ. Wrong believing is receiving grace but living the law, your performance. I will do it. Me, I would do it. Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I labored more than them all, yet not I, but the grace of God. Nice. How we believe exposes the motivation and focus of our service to the Lord. Listen, when we preach messages like this and it takes away, like people say, and it makes you sin more or you are not able to give more, you must understand the focus of your believing all this while. You must understand the focus of your believing all this while. What it means is that all this while you give and you do what you do because you are afraid he will punish you. Everything you've been doing, all the service you've been giving, you are motivated by law, not by gratitude. Not by gratitude. That is why most of us are not able to take grace and work with his grace. Because we are so motivated by what we don't do and what we do. And the punishment we receive if we don't do. The reason why you pay your tithe is not out of gratitude to the grace of God. You pay your tithe because you think if you don't pay your tithe next month (laughs) 
That is why. So you see, most of the things we do in Christianity, we do them because we are motivated by the law. But when you get to understand the grace of God, that's why the apostles didn't have to raise funds to say that, hey, bring this and you get this. All they need to do is tell the church, we have to go to Samaria, Samaria to preach the gospel. Or we have this project. And people will go and sell their houses and bring it to the apostles' feet. It is not because they have an expectation to receive anything. They know they have already received everything. Did you hear that? They know they have received what? Everything. Everything. So you see, nothing stops their giving. Whether it is giving of themselves, giving of their money, because they know they were once like lepers who were banished. They didn't have any pedigree. They were not accepted. But Jesus has finished everything. And now they are joined heirs with Christ. What would they not give? They will give everything. They will give everything. They will give everything. I pray that from today, May your deep gratitude well from your spirit resting on his grace not on your works and know that no matter how you feel rejected Christ has accepted you. The work is finished on the cross. You are not a leper anymore. The lepers are outside the camp but you are in the midst of royalty. You are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who have been moved out of darkness into his marvelous light. You have obtained mercy and grace. Show forth that the glory of God rests upon you. You are like that one Samaritan who came back and is enjoying grace. Keep enjoying grace. That is your brand. The Lord bless you. Grace, glorious grace At the cross you called it finished Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Rev. Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the Word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.